On this week's episode of The Pull, we discuss an upcoming television show based on the possibility of what it's like to be the last man on Earth. We also break down a trailer of a particular ghost in a shell. And we learn what it takes to communicate with aliens, learn that orcs don't want to communicate, and we take a fantastic adventure back into the wizarding world of J.K. Rowling. John, roll it! So I did something today that I kind of swore I would never do, and I know that sounds much more climactic than it's actually going to be. <laughs> um, All right, but let's hear it. I I sh- I had to uh, I had to go ahead and delete my Facebook app, bro. Oh, just the app or your didn't Facebook delete, in general? Didn't delete the Facebook in general. I have to have it, uh, but. Um, I deleted the app just so, like, if I want to get on Facebook, I'm forced to go to my computer, which then means I will probably be like, ah, I don't feel right. like going through all that right now. I mean, you don't have to go and to your then computer. I, you can just open up Safari on your phone. But Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> going to avoid that temptation. Thanks for putting it out there. Though. <laughs> um, just, like, just there's too much. I'm You know, this ain't a polit- politics show, but it's just getting a little too heavy on Facebook. There's just a lot of people that think that like what they say has to go in I feel you that, on that dude like I don't even that enjoy realm. getting on there like I just get on there for stuff that I do with the podcast really like I don't even sometimes I'll drop like a line or drop like a um you know something about an album or something and that's it just like I don't even scroll yeah. like scrolling is non-existent for me like I don't I don't even want to do that yeah. dude it's like you never know what you're going to yeah. read I, I, I and, and honestly, like, when I do get on now, like, it'll probably mostly be, uh, like, movie trailer-centric. Because, like, sometimes that's where I see the breaking news that a trailer has dropped. Right, right. I feel um, and so it serves its purpose in that way as a portal to something else. But uh, as a means of, like, kept keeping caught up with everybody, just right now, I need people to breathe and be emotional on their own. Um, just just a little too much bullshit yeah, right let's just take a break from one another you know what i mean <laughs> yeah let's yeah just all we, let, is, let, we all need a break in our relationship from each other <laughs> the whole world like, just do ourselves i've been on that struggle second. though but for different reasons like i deleted the facebook app just because that shit takes up so much fucking space on your phone dude it's like the it, biggest it app does. ever known to man like like I guarantee if you go into your, like, storage now on your phone, you'll have, like, twice as much that you had before, dude. It's it's <laughs> insane, dude. Well, it updates, like, every other fucking day. I know. Like, what you can't possibly do be doing that much fucking shit to your app, but whatever, dude. Nah, fuck no. But, uh, uh, how was, um... How was the con this weekend? I, I I avoided asking you any true things about it to ask you at this point. It was um, it was sick, dude. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I went with James, um, and uh, you know James. It's it's funny, dude, because now James is starting to get like into the the con scene a little bit now that he's been to a couple with me, um, and so he's yeah. really starting to enjoy it. And so I think. I think it really just took that one time of him going. His first con that he ever went to was MegaCon, which is a pretty big fucking con, dude. Like, I mean, that's yeah, that bitch is giant. And uh, I don't, I might have told you, but obviously not on air. But um, 
when we went to that, like he was lost like all day. Like I only saw James for maybe like 20 minutes total out of the entire like seven hours we were there. Um, Damn. But uh, I think once he realized that like it's not – how do I put this? It's not really what most people would think. I mean there's – I guess when you hear Comic-Con, you just think like – you think the absolute worst. Like, let's be honest. You imagine, or I feel like it has that connotation of like you imagine a bunch of dudes in like pocket protectors, like you know, discussing what their grade of their comic is and how much they're you know uh, Spider-Man. What you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't. It's not yeah. like that. Though. That's not how it is at all. Um, and so I think once he realized that, and he realized like, oh shit, they got all kinds of fucking Funko Pops here because you know he's obsessed. For those of you that don't know, all right. My brother, James Ranieri, I'm going to air it out right now for you. If you can find anybody that is a bigger Funko Pop collector in the world than this Dear dude. Dear God. <laughs> he's got a this problem. Does he fucking, not? like the Fucking James. James has strawberry shortcake pops. For what reason? <laughs> no reason. Just to have the fucking. Oh, no, that's a lie. He told us the reason. James literally collects strawberry shortcake pops because they're scented. Like, come on, dog. If you want to smell some strawberries, go to Publix, bro. Like, oh, fucking. He, uh, a d- true story, swear to God. Uh, so, dude used to live in a uh, one bedroom apartment. Pop collection got so big that he had to move to the two story upstairs. Swear to God, dude. <laughs> because of a pop collection? Because of a pop collection, dog. He was Holy running out of shit. room. Like, it was straight hoarder style, bro. <laughs> That's ridiculous, so, dude. Um, so, anyways, I went with James. Um, and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I got to meet George Perez again. Um, I had met him down in Miami about two years ago. Uh, super nice guy, man. Like super humble, just an awesome dude. And I'd mentioned, uh, you know, on the cast before, he's one of my all-time favorite artists. Um, so that was cool. Chatted up with him for a bit. But honestly, the the biggest highlight for me um, was, and I was super surprised. I knew he was going to be there, but um, I I got a chance to talk with Zach Kaplan for a bit. Um, so I don't know if you picked it up, but. Um, He's the writer on a fairly new story called Eclipse, which is by Image Comics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And he's from Jacksonville. And I originally, I wasn't going to actually pick up that book. And then um, Neil from Superhero Beat, shout out to Neil, who actually put on this con. Um, so, again, thanks to him. Um, he had told me uh, the day that issue one came out, he's like, hey, man, um, I know you're into a lot of Image books. Um Definitely check that one out. Not only uh, is it expected to sell really well, and we've had him flying off the shelves, but that dude's from Jacksonville, um, which is always dope. So immediately I was like, all right, bet, cool. Throw it on the pull. Like, I don't need to know anything about it. Just throw it on the pull. So stoked I did, dude, because the book is phenomenal. But after actually talking with him, dude, he's just genuinely one of the nicest people that I've met in that type of interaction, like at a con or, or just... You know, it, it he didn't come across as, like, pompous or, or arrogant at all. Like, super humble, nice yeah. dude. Just chatted it up about Jacksonville. Just chatted it up about um, How Superhero old Beach. How he? Uh, he seemed fairly young. I mean, I don't know. Um, I'd say maybe, like, mid-30s. I don't know. I didn't necessarily ask, but... Um, I'm just trying to figure out how behind I am on that side of my career. He, <laughs> like, damn, what's this dude got on me? Uh, 
No, but uh, he uh, it, and this is his first book that came out, and I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna say he's, you know he's gonna become a douchebag when he gets a bunch of books, but I was just I was really yeah. pleasantly surprised. Like he was a super cool, down to earth guy. So um, that was yeah. pretty dope. I mean, and that's kind of a yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Like for those people that aren't super familiar with the comic uh, book world, you have the two majors. Um, and then you have some other very popular comic book, uh, uh, edit, editing companies or, or publishing companies. I mean, um, image being probably the third largest I would imagine. Uh, and, uh, the thing is, is most of those are owner based and the way the owner base works is you have to get your whole team together and you have to virtually build the entire first arc before you ever even send it to the company um and so you're sending them an already completed project that you've put time and money and blood sweat and tears in and you have to hope that they like what you've done otherwise it's i don't want to say you wasted it because you did something and that's always very important as you kind of i saw you express that on facebook the other day right um right danny doesn't danny doesn't usually let his emotions fly <laughs> but he he texted me the other day just to uh just to say how uh stoked he was that we put our minds to something and we actually did it so that's important kids uh do things you put your mind to but anyway um it's not an easy process for an owner based no, uh no, comic book and uh for a dude to come out of duval um and, and do it big like that's cool and i like the book too i picked up the first issue i know there's three out now i just for, forgot or it's kind of hidden on the shelf when i go in and uh other than the artwork which isn't my favorite and, and no offense to that artist there's tons of famous artists i don't like it's just not my favorite art um i think the story is really fucking cool so uh hats off to uh hats off to old 904 yeah over there yeah for sure so um, zach kaplan if you haven't checked but, it out uh, definitely check out that check out eclipse and just real quick and um you know i just want to give a quick shout out to um uh you got uh, you may or may not be familiar with them but they're they're called the short box podcast um for those of you listening check them out they're also from jacksonville based they focus more heavily on comics but they actually they had a direct interview with zach so if you're interested in that you know um you know check it out their latest episode pretty cool super nice nice dudes friends of them so check them out but um yeah, uh, he was super cool. Other than that, I mean, it was very comic central, which I really enjoyed. Um, <clears throat> and that's what Neil said he was going for in talking with him. He said it's a comic book convention for comic creators and people that want to get into comics. And it was solely focused yeah. on that. And it was focused on a lot of cosplay and um, the production side of cosplay, um, which was pretty cool. James and I chatted up with this dude um, that owns this really big like 3d printing um manufacturing like facility here in jacksonville um which was pretty sweet uh -huh. and he had like one of his like mini machines um on display right there at his table and he was printing like okay. these little like 3d um like skulls and dude they were sick bro they i mean they had like the jaw like fully moved and it had teeth and it was it was pretty dope so there was there was a lot of like niche type stuff that you wouldn't normally see at a yeah. con which i kind of liked and I, you know, I yeah. only assume because it was smaller, um, you got a sense of that, but I really hope going forward and, yeah. and more of them that you, that, you know, they continue that trend. Cause it was pretty, it was cool. Yeah. It was cool. It was a breath of fresh air. So yeah, to put it in like comic book terms, it was, you know, you're we talking about owner based comics. It was like owner based comic con. It wasn't like driven yeah. by 
big names. Yeah. So he got to put on what he wanted to put on. So that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it was it was um, tight. It was tight. And then um, do you know? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, do you know if it uh, was successful for him in the sense that he'll be able to start doing this every year? Well, he was uh, he was actually real busy. And there's another guy. I, I've I've only mentioned Neil. There's another dude. I believe his name is Max. I'm sorry if that's incorrect, but th- he also helps put it on, uh, as as well as a couple other fests around Jacksonville, Force Fest, to name one of them, as, along of many uh, of many others. Um, but, uh, I, he was real busy the day of, he was like working the ticket booth and whatnot and running around. So I didn't have a chance to really talk it up with him too much, but I know he said leading up to it that, um, all the pre-sale tickets were, um, he was guesstimating that he was doing, going to be going to do very well, well enough to continue it going forward. So good. I think that's, good. uh, I'm, I'm pretty stoked for that. You know, so I think that's, that's awesome. Cool. You know, the more, the better, yeah, you know, keep great. it coming to Jacksonville, keep the scene alive. So that's. I think it's cool. Oh, absolutely. So, um, so uh, anything anything else personal going on worth talking about, or you just <laughs> want to dive into? Uh, no, I'm just you know, and out of context, this is going to sound absolutely terrible, uh, but I'll I'll explain afterwards. I'm just ready for this wedding to get over with, dog. Like, I'm Danny so... gets Danny gets married Saturday, oh, y'all. Man. Danny gets married Saturday. I'm so ready for it, dude. And like, and so. I know that sounds terrible, but at the end of the day, I'm, you know, I'm extremely ex- excited um, to marry Ashley. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for it. I'm I'm ready f- for to see everybody there. I'm ready to celebrate. I Dude, think it's we're all be, ready for it. I, I think it's <laughs> gonna be a great day. But like, dog. This shit is stressful, dude. I almost, I almost killed somebody today at at Men's Warehouse. Not gonna say which location, but just. Just little things, dog. And and uh, get this. So funny story real quick. Ashley came home today. I... And um, <clears throat> I guess we had left all of our little place cards out, uh, like on the on the uh, coffee table. I already table. feel like I know where this is going. <laughs> okay. So we left them out in plastic bag, right? I mean, they, they've been chilling there for like two or three days. And I guess the homie Kona – uh, my Siberian Husky that I've mentioned in the past, he must have thought it was like some food or something, bro, because <laughs> this dude went Damn. through the bag and tore up a couple, like, straight up, there's like three or four just totally missing, probably just ate them, I mean, <laughs> so, so that's a thing, so, of course, we're Shit. like three or four days before the wedding, so we gotta figure that out, but, you know, whatever, dude, it wouldn't be a wedding if there was some shit like that, so... Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I'm just, uh, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to to do the damn thing. You know what I mean? And and get to the party. So, yeah, we stoked. We stoked on. I got people that like are texting me about it. Like, so. <laughs> oh, word. I think every everybody's looking forward to Ranieri wedding 2016. Yeah, the turn up. The turn up would be real. The turn up would be real. <laughs> Apparently, I got specific orders. I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody. Got Danny gave me some specific orders for when he starts getting lost in the sauce. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. the sauce will be in full drop, effect. Yeah, to drop a certain uh, song on everybody. So uh, we'll see how, see how that goes. <clears throat> all um, right but uh, but, uh yeah, let's get into it. let's get into the news a little bit man so um where you want to go first telltale you familiar with them you play any of their games telltale games yeah uh, i played uh, most of the game of thrones series yeah so they're um 
pretty cool. I I, I really want to check out. I'm kind of waiting because they release their games in like episodes. You know what I'm saying? So you got to wait like yeah. a month or two in between. So I'm I'm impatient. I don't like that very much. So I'm gonna wait yeah. until it builds up. But I'm really excited to try out the uh, Telltale Batman game. Um, so I'm kind of waiting until that's. Uh, all the episodes are out. I mean, it might even be out by now. I don't know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely play that. But all this to say, uh, I guess um, they're uh, supposedly producing a Guardians of the Galaxy game, which is yeah pretty tight. That's that. that's kind of sweet because that's kind of I feel like that's different from what they normally would do. Because a lot of I mean, obviously all of their store all of their games are very like story driven you know what i mean there's not like a lot of action yeah. and i feel like guardians of the galaxy yep. is kind of hard to do without a lot of action it's a very so that's kind of that's kind of interesting we'll have to see how that goes um but you know anything yeah, i'm looking forward to it. anything guardians i'm i'm about it and telltale they're they're great they're great production company so um i just read this dude and it kind of blew my mind a little bit um have you heard the rumor that disney is possibly purchasing netflix um, I don't know if in those words is what I've heard, but the thing is, is like they are putting all of their animated films on there within a certain period of time after their release, um, jungle books on there and it's been on DVD for all of like a month. Um, and they own Marvel and they've got con original content from Marvel that they pump out on Netflix as everybody knows. Right. Um, so so if I hadn't heard those specific words before, then it really doesn't come as a surprise. It's more of like a, it's about time. Now, where that gets hazy and kind of strange to me is that Netflix inked a deal with CW to be like the exclusive um, like exclusive streaming provider of their content um, mm. as soon as seasons finish. So it's kind of weird because CW is a Warner Brothers based company. Right, right. Um, so and now AT and T just Warner. purchased them, though. So yeah, so that's that's a yeah. Apparently, like weird. what I was reading, like this would be a direct response to AT and T purchasing Time Warner um, to kind of like get a stronghold in the streaming industry. Um, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that they would go after Netflix because, like you said, all of their shit is already on Netflix. But uh, yeah. to me, it's just odd to me because, they're, they, like you said, they have so many contracts already in place with, like, existing, um, you know, companies that, uh, in my mind, would be a direct conflict with Disney, you know, yeah. like direct competition. I mean, for example, you know, Time Warner, like that, for ex uh, you know, CW shows. But uh, also, the first thing that strikes my mind is, like, all right, if Disney buys it, what happens to all of the, like, mature content i mean i can't imagine they get rid of it but at the end of the day nah, it's they would, still disney right i mean like what do you No, disney owned um i believe disney owned touchstone pictures as well oh um, really okay. and they're pumping out yeah and they're pumping out rated r stuff and I, I i think i learned that way back when signs came out on dvd because signs was a touchstone pictures movie and uh yeah and disney owns them disney owns a few studios that most people don't really think about. Like, they owned MGM before they shut MGM down. Right, right. Yeah, I um, remember that. So, yeah. So, that it they won't get rid of any of that stuff. You'll still have your, like, what happens after a porno documentary is on <laughs> Cause there. Because you know I'm watching like that, that, boy. 
Oh, all day, all day. <laughs> no idea. They what call you're me the daredevil about. because I dare watch that documentary. <laughs> oh God, that was an awful joke. Don't let me talk on this. Yeah, podcast moving anymore. on, um, <laughs> dude. Did you watch Saturday Night Live this week? Please tell me you did. I watched. Uh, I always go through. Who is it? Uh, Slash Film posts the best, the average, and the worst. And yeah. uh, I go through that way. Um, the first thing I saw was Kate McKinnon's Hillary Clinton Hallelujah performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which, political bias aside, um, for somebody that doesn't appear to be like a fantastic singer, it was clear that she put a lot of heart into that. Uh, I'm going to put quotes around it. Quote, unquote, sketch. Was she um, actually playing that piano, dude? I couldn't like... I believe so. Yeah. yeah that... um, a lot of those people are very musically talented as far as instruments and stuff go. Um, mm. And then... Uh, but what blew me away, and I saw some of the sketches too, but what blew me away more than anything was Dave Chappelle's opening speech was probably the best one I've seen in years. Oh, yeah, dude. That's, it was phenomenal, dude. And it was and it was funny all, all the while. You know what I mean? Like, he, mm-hmm. that dude can, shit, he can give a speech, man. Let him run for president. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> you get Tyrone Biggums in the White House. Oh, shit. Oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, speaking of Tyrone, you saw the Walking Dead skit that they did. Yeah, the Negan was, killing the Dave Chappelle characters. Fucking great, dude! Fucking great. Shit was funny. That was like it was. That was a stellar episode for me. Not only for Dave Chappelle's return, which was absolutely hilarious, um, but Tribe Called Quest. Uh, I've expressed to you before. People that know me, of course, Tribe Called Quest is one of my favorites, dude. And um, so that was really, really tight seeing them um, perform, uh, even if it was missing Fife Dog. But they paid a tribute to Fife Dog. I don't know if you saw the performance or not, but they paid a tri- I did. That's like something I didn't watch was their performance. Oh, uh, yeah. It was it was great, dude. And they, they p- played a tr- tribute to, to Fife Dog, which was, uh, you know, pretty pretty awesome. It was, it was pretty heavy, too. Yeah. Like, I, the only... As I'm watching it, the only thing that's running through my mind is like, damn, this might, like, this might be real, a little awkward for the people in the crowd, just because like you, you want to get into it, but at the same time, it's like heavy on your heart, dude. Like it, yeah, it weighed on me a little bit, but um, I don't know. Uh, next thing I saw, Brandon Dassey, dude. You know who Brandon Dassey is. Yeah, they, they letting that kid out of jail. <laughs> Yo, it's about he's fucking, time. He's fucking my age, yeah. bro. He's, uh, um, he's 27 years old, bro. 27 yeah. years old. So for those of you that don't Been know Brandon, 10 years. Brandon Dassey is, Brandon Dassey um, was one of the uh, focuses of the Netflix uh, exclusive documentary Making a Murderer. Um, so this kind of like, uh, this was like a phenomenon i'd say when was it last it was about last december right right around this time last last year um yeah. you were the actual you were actually the one that turned me on to it was like yo you got to check this out and immediately yeah. i watched it um the next day like the entire fucking season dude um but it focuses around Brandon Dossi and uh, his uncle. What's what's his uncle's Stephen name? Avery. Stephen Avery. Stephen Avery is convicted of killing um, this girl. They're from a small Bodunk town, um, and uh, it's and then the investigation goes on to somehow corral Brandon Dossi, Dossi into it as well. 
But all the while, it, it, as you're watching this documentary, you just know something ain't right. I mean, there's all kinds of shit. You, I'd like for people to, to watch it for themselves and form their own opinion as to whether or not the, this yeah. dude did it. But uh, it's just, it's to me, dude, it's sketchy. Uh, I came yeah. off thinking this guy didn't do it at all. And that's kind of the focus of the documentary yeah. is that, you know, it's definitely shot from the point of view that this person is not guilty. So don't get me wrong. They could be leaving out some very important pieces of information. But um, for the most part, you know, I kind of got the vibe like, yo, I think these people are right. <laughs> There's no way this yeah. dude killed a man. Um, well, they've they've got uh, – they're working on season two right now. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'd imagine this would be a part of season two. Yeah, probably. Uh, which is yeah. pretty cool. So what's un what's unfortunate though, um, is that this this dude is gonna get out of prison, right? And he's been in there for ten years, and like he had a very low IQ going in. Um, he you know the system didn't help or, that either. Yeah, and he couldn't read or write for shit, so that probably wasn't gonna get much better while he was in there. Um, and now he's gonna come out to this world and. The only way to turn this thing around and make money from it, um, or, or make money out of his life, is to probably fucking go do sp a speaking tour or some shit. Because like otherwise, what's gonna happen is he's gonna go back to his town, and uh, there's people are gonna have an opinion of him one way or the other, yep. and uh, he's either gonna work for the family or go work in a garage somewhere or something, and he's just gonna get lost in obscurity doing some shitty job because he's not. <laughs> Uh, he's not mentally capable of uh, handling things that he could have been more well prepared for had he not been uh, wrongfully put into prison. I it, and that's sort of my point of view is like um, Stephen Avery could be guilty though the documentary leans towards him not being guilty. He could be guilty, but I just couldn't find anything that said that Brendan had something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, um, me either. Like just because the cops literally sat in a room. And I won't give all the details, but basically formed a story as to how he was a part of it. And that's that's what happened. And he was um, he was just physically so, not smart enough to say, no, that's not how it went down. Yeah, he just agreed yeah. with whatever they he told was fucking him. scared. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so, you know, I I, uh, I got to get I'm going to put my I'm going to put some positive thoughts out there for that kid, because just because he's out of there doesn't mean that things are going to be suddenly easier for him because the world. The world, especially the world around that little town, I'm sure they all got a certain opinion of him, and it's probably not that good. So, oh, for sure. Um, and now that he's got all this extra spotlight, like that doesn't help. You know what I mean? That's just a a extra baggage, yeah. extra weight that uh, a person, uh, you know, in his position doesn't doesn't need. So, yeah, all the all the best thoughts to him. But I was just. I was just curious if you had heard that. I think I find it pretty interesting, and um, you know, obviously, yeah. it's probably going to be a part of this season too. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to how that this all plays out, um, and how that season kind of uh, unfolds. So, yeah. um, the next bit of news, um, r rumor is there may be a second Justice League trailer before the end of the year, which I found kind of interesting. Oh, okay, um, but. Did you happen to catch the Justice League Dark trailer, the trailer for their animated film coming up? I haven't. I haven't watched it yet, and I'm literally going to say, don't spoil anything for me. Um, yeah. In the trailer, even if there's nothing to spoil, but. Um, <laughs> okay. Fair enough. And 
I'm curious. I do want to know, and I could easily look this up, but do you know if um, Matthew, oh, fuck, I forget his last name. Did, the guy that played Constantine on the Constantine show, is he playing the voice of Constantine in this? Do you know? Oh, that's a good question. Please Can hold. He... <laughs> <laughs> We're both like going to do the same thing right now. <laughs> do, uh, do, Matt do, Ryan, do. is that his name? Yes, sir. That's yeah, him. Matt He's Ryan. playing him. That's tight. I didn't even think nice. about that, dude. I didn't even realize it either yeah, watching well, the trailer. The dude's the fucking embodiment of John Constantine, so that's why I was he like, is. I hope that it's him. Yeah, I'd love to. Oh, this is weird. I love that that show, and um, the trailer's great. I'm not going to ruin anything. I won't, t- I won't say anything about it. Maybe we'll talk about it next week, but uh, trailer's great, and uh, he's a great actor, so I didn't even realize that was him. Um yeah. So that's that's tight. That just gets me even more stoked on it now, knowing that after seeing it. So yeah. Um, last bit of news I have before we get into some of our um, reviews and whatnot. Um, and I'm I'm most excited for this, which is why I saved it last. And as soon as I tell you what it's about, you're gonna know. Um, you're gonna know why I'm most excited. So why the last man? Fucking Why the Last Man, dude. Oh, all right. Now I got that out of my okay. system. So Why the Last Man is in production by FX. For those of you that are unfamiliar with Why the Last Man, oh, interesting. fucking go kick rocks and go read the fucking comic book because it's the best comic book I ever read in my life. Just got that out of my system. That's my own personal opinion, but that's what it is. But yeah, so they announced earlier um, this year that it was in production. Um, they've been trying to get it off the ground for like years now, and they finally got it off the ground. Um, earlier this year, the FX said they were going to pick it up and, and run with it. But uh, that was back in like January, February, something like that. You haven't really heard much about it um, up until now. So it was confirmed, um, and this wasn't just now, but it was confirmed a while back that Brian K. Vaughn, uh, for those of you not in the know, Brian K. Vaughn wrote Why the Last Man um, yeah. alongside many of my other favorite books. Uh, he's going to have full creative control over the show, which is fucking awesome. Um, which isn't which isn't surprising because uh, another fact uh, not everyone knows about him is that he was one of the uh, one of the people behind Lost with J.J. Yeah. Abrams. Yeah, um, and he also worked on that um, that like that show that had like a short run i think it was on nbc under the dome i think that's what it was called um dude yeah and fuck that show i uh, never even watched it yeah. i just knew he happened to write it's on a stephen it. king book and it's like stephen king's weakest book and also the show was garbage okay well fair enough maybe maybe let's just pretend he didn't work on that then um <laughs> but uh yeah. so the the newest bit of news that came out is that uh michael green who actually helped co-write why the last man is going to be the showrunner on why the last man okay i don't know if that name strikes a bell but michael green is also the dude that's the current showrunner on american gods the neil gaiman show that's about to come out based on his book which is pretty sick yeah and michael green also I don't know if he solely did it. I'm sure he, he probably had help, but he wrote um, the script for the upcoming movie Logan, um, which yeah. you know we both had kind of high praise on the trailer. So that's pretty sick, dude. I think that's a. I think it's tight that they're they're not just dismissing the sort the source material and the source creator. I think that if there's one thing that's yeah. come in the last, I don't even. Well, really, since The Walking Dead started taking off, is that 
if you want something to um, to be successful, you have to pay. Tr- you have to stick to close to the clo- to the source material. I mean, that's what people love. That's what people want. Then give it to them. You know what I mean? Don't give the material to somebody yeah. that doesn't in love the material just as much as the fans. So who better than the creator? You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah. I think it's I think it's tight that uh, that they're that they're taking the consideration to to bring in Vaughn and to bring in. Uh, green on the project so i'm excited for that i can't wait to see some shit from this show dude because as anybody that knows me know this is my hands down favorite book of all time not just graphic novels just book in general i got a big fucking painting in my house of it just i can't say enough good just so as a small point of contention about michael green just real quick before we move on he also wrote um the green lantern movie that's all i'm saying Ooh. Uh, not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully, since Logan will be coming before Why the Last Man, he uh, can redeem. Himself. Well, I actually saw that that's getting a reboot uh, very shortly. So maybe, maybe uh, we'll get that before Why the Last Man, and that'll help us all forget about that. But <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, but yeah, so that's all I got in terms of news. Um, you, what do you want to get into first? We got a couple trailers I think we wanted to just quickly yeah, let's, touch on. Let's hit just those. Uh, we'll hit those two trailers that you mentioned earlier. Let's talk uh, Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. So I'll be honest. I don't know the first thing about Ghost in the Shell. I'm not going to pretend like I watched the anime because um, I haven't. I'm not a big anime fan by any means. But this trailer is pretty fucking tight. I mean, yeah. Um, it just. I like the way it plays out. I like the score to it. Um, fucking uh, Scarlett Johansson looks great in terms of, I mean, she's Scarlett Johansson. Uh, enough said. <laughs> and uh, yeah. the action looks great. I just hope that, I, I'm really fucking hoping that it's not one of those things where you have to know the source material in order to keep up with it. Like I don't think you will. You don't think so? No, I think, I mean... They're trying to make, they're trying to make a movie and sell it to, well, one you know they're trying to sell it to an American audience because they cast like, an American actress. Yeah, they cast a bunch of Americans in it. Um, and I don't mean just like um, people from America. I mean like straight up white people, um, which was a huge <laughs> point of contention for a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of um, people were pissed off about that, dude. A lot of people that love yeah. this this anime, um, which I I mean I can I can understand. I get it. Yeah, I I get it if you're you're into the anime but um but yeah i i uh i totally agree what strikes me most about it is the aesthetic um i don't it it looks i want to say there hasn't been a movie that's looked like it since blade runner which it's already been compared to but i will i will scratch that and say that um uh AI, artificial intelligence, which was panned by critics and a lot of fans alike, but the look of AI is very similar to this as well, um, and I actually enjoy that movie almost purely because of the aesthetic, but um, looking at this, it gets me stoked for this movie um, because it looks cool, the premise seems fucking tight, um, and then it, it gets my it gets my balls itchy for the Blade Runner 2 movie yeah. that's being yeah. worked on right now with fucking ryan gosling and, and the and um Ford. the Shit. the original writers working on it too right what's his name um 
Fuck. Sorry. I'll right. look it up if you don't. Writer, director, Ridley Scott? Uh, Not Ridley Scott. I mean, Ridley Scott may very well be working on it, but there's... um. He's... Who else? It's someone else's directing it. We're about to... I'll look it up, out. but... Blade. Go ahead. Blade you Runner 2049. Um... I'll just say, that I think it looks fucking tight. Oh, Dennis Villeneuve is directing Blade Runner 2049, which is important to one of my reviews that I'll be giving. But, um, uh, no, I think Ghost in the Shell looks tight. I'm sorry to people that didn't want it to work because they, quote-unquote, whitewashed it. Um, but it it looks good. At the end of the day, the material looks fucking tight, and I am stoked to see some fucking cyborg uh all-out warfare um strange strange things oh yeah oh fucking fucking perfect butthole dog you know who's writing on this on accident that was accidental (laughs) you know who's writing on this michael green (laughs) yeah shit Uh, and and i guess ridley scott was the person i was thinking of i don't know um but yeah, I'm I'm stoked on it. I think I think you nailed it on the head, dude. The aesthetic of it and like the not just um the scene where whatever's happening with those geishas that like suddenly look like monsters. Obviously, they're AI as well. They like scoop those dudes up and fucking kill them yeah. and whatnot. That was that, scene that was is sick. sick. That was that was that really caught my attention, and that was like right from the get go. And then it yeah. it cuts to Scarlett Johansson outside, like on top of a building and downtown the first thing that struck me was like these giant like these giant buildings that just look so fucking dope dude there's like a giant yeah. like if i remember right there's like a giant buddha and there's like a giant like uh cherry blossom yeah. and like there's all kinds of stuff just bright neon lights like it's it just looks so tight dude like you know what the visuals of it make me think they could do in the future even though i don't know how big the crowd would be to see it I feel but, like uh, i know where you're going with this but go ahead i feel like you do too um uh, i feel like the visuals themselves like scream that hollywood is ready to do a batshit insane book like tokyo ghost yeah i knew it i knew it <laughs> I <hate laughs> yeah dog. dude that would be dope that would be tight dude um i don't know if they could do it on this scale obviously but um I'd be down to watch yeah, it, whatever Ghost they put be out. Like, That'd be epic ass shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. To- I- I'm stoked for Ghost in the Shell. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, yeah. Now, the other one that you had mentioned in the past that you were semi stoked for, um, so long as they had like a particular song in it, um, and they seem like they will, and they seem like they will. Um, Beauty and the Beast. So we had our first trailer for Beauty and the Beast drop. What well, yeah. might have been the second? I think the, they dropped like a teaser or something first. But uh, yeah. So we had the the first trailer. Um, I'll be honest. Like, it just seems weird to me, dog. Like, <laughs> like Beast mean? Beast looks so weird. Like, it just he doesn't look real at all. And I get that he's a beast. He's not real, but like just kind of creeped me out a little bit but the thing that stuck out to me the most and you're probably gonna murder me here uh, but the the characters i don't know their fucking names dude um the little candle guy in the teapot lumia and the the clock dude what i don't know their names but cogsworth is the clock 
Okay, fair enough. I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> just the animation on their on their faces seemed kind of odd to me, man. Like, um, I don't know. It just it really it really stuck out to me. It really bugged me. But I mean, other than that, the movie looks cool. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, I actually watched. Not only did I watch the trailer, but I watched um, the trailer set right next to frame for frame the animated trailer for like the original movie and they did it justice um and they did that for jungle book as well like the trailers are almost identical like there's so many similarities which i think is awesome that they're doing that i mean if it worked once why not why change it you know what i mean yeah um but i mean overall i just don't know how i feel about this uh i don't know hopefully it's as good as jungle book but some of their past ones before that like uh i don't know if you like cinderella is not great at all like that (laughs) but it's cinderella Um, so it's not really i mean cinderella got decent reviews actually so i mean Uh, i'm not their demographic let's be honest dude (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. no that's that probably speaks volumes towards how you feel about it more than anything i mean so for me um number one you're you're putting faces on inanimate objects um and you want to do it without blatantly making them look outright human. Right. Um, so I, I I see how you think that the faces look kind of awkward. But it's almost to me like that's how they're supposed to look. Because it's like what's if your clock starts talking to you, what's that fucking going to look like? <laughs> um, and so it's I think it's creative. They make Cogsworth, Cogworth's um, mustache Hogwarts, is the hands. Cogworth? Is dude's Hogwarts, na- get out of here. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, dude's but, name is Hogwarts? What? <laughs> nah, dog. Uh, but his mustache looks is made of the clock hands. That's kind of neat. Um, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Lumiere looks, he's like straight up like a human, like that, he looks a, like a person. That's um, a candle, but dude? He, Yeah, but he has okay. candle on his head and has candles for hands. Um, one thing I didn't notice in the trailer was the little feather duster. I forget her name, but she looks like a, a peacock. Um, and then the little teapot. Um, yeah, she outright has a face on the side of the teapot. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a little, but a little weird. Um, but the first thing I saw for this, um, uh, as far as visuals was, uh, some pictures they released for entertainment weekly and the still shots beast just looked like so fake that they, they photoshopped him into those still shots. But the trailer, the trailer, he still is clearly fake, but also all of the animals in Jungle Book were clearly fake. Um, and that was like my one nitpick with Jungle Book. is It's a beautiful looking movie. It was beautiful CGI, but you could tell it was CGI. There was no moment where I was like, I'm not I'm not watching some fucking CGI panther. Like, right, right. There was, there was no separation or there was no conjoining of reality and CGI for me. I just knew the whole time it was CGI. And I think that's the same thing with this beast. Now that I've seen him, he looks so much better than he did in the still shots, um, but still clearly CGI. And it's funny that you bring up um, the horns because uh, my, my good buddy and roommate was literally saying the same thing. He was like, I don't understand why beast horns are so fucking big. Um, and... I don't, I don't know either. I mean, I didn't really put a lot of thought into it like you guys did, but like they certainly are quite large. Um, right. It, 
it certainly looks like if he's going to have a Ram contest with, I don't know, a, a door that he's going to win against the door. <laughs> or um, a house. Or a yeah, fucking or a skyscraper. Like, this dude, yeah. he could take out some shit, bro. Like, he's just massive. Yeah. He just looks awkward, man. I don't know. Um, But but I'm still stoked for it, you know, and, and they they knew how to get me by playing the uh, – they played the Tale as Old as Time song during the trailer. Um, yeah. And so I was like, all right, I see you. You must have listened to the podcast. I, I feel you. <laughs> I see um, you, Disney. I know you're listening. All right. Yeah. So so I'm I'm uh, I'm more than happy to join him for the ride. I hope that it's good. Now, there is one thing that concerns me that I thought they would fix um, for this particular um, – outing into the beauty and the beast realm what's up and that that is giving the whole cast french accents especially bell mm. bell is the french word for beauty which is why the movie is called beauty and the beast and her name is bell um now it's emma watson who is a very capable actress so i don't know why they couldn't have given her a french accent um instead of an english accent but they did the same type of thing in the disney cartoon except for i don't think that bell had any accent she was uh, like straight up american um her her dad had like a funny old man accent some of the townspeople had french accents so i imagine that's kind of what they'll do here is they'll give some of the townspeople french accents but the thing is is they're like they're deep in the heart of france like why why (laughs) why not just give people french accents it's not like they're inaudible or, and if and if the french accents are heavy like i'm an actor i know from having to do those things that you can find a, a medium ground where you can make it understandable it may not be the most accurate but at least you know okay they're in france um but at the end of the day it's a disney movie its audience is kids and you know the producers are saying this it's not me making a sexist comment i i know the entertainment industry the producers are saying it's kids and women that's who's going to go see this movie um and they're not going to give a fuck about whether or not they have french accents so like i get it um they're putting names in there to attract people they're putting good looking people in there to attract women and uh and that to that extent uh they've succeeded um yeah. So, so yeah. Um, so I know you've got a particularly uh, big review that uh, you'll go into that I'll, I'll try and have you keep as spoiler free as possible. There, there are a couple things that I'm going to outright ask you about. Um, okay. But since okay. that's the that's the big one that people are going to want to hear about in this podcast, we'll save it for last as we do. We always save the best for last. So um, I've got a couple small things that I know you haven't seen um, that yeah. – I'll review review really quick, and Hit then me. we'll get into your big surprise. Um, so this weekend, um, I went and saw the movie Arrival. Um, that looks the, dope, dude. That looks yeah, really dope. So like, I'm, I'm, I went and saw I'm that. off the next couple of days. I'm really trying to see that probably at some point. Yeah. So. Um, that is, and I alluded to this earlier, that guy is directing Blade Runner 2049. Um, oh, word. And... Yeah, so it Blade Runner I will be sick. He's one of my favorite um relatively new filmmakers. He did Prisoners with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal, which is oh, that, uh visual visually one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Oh, great, dude. Oh, very good. 
Um, so fucking good. And then a movie he did before that, but didn't get released till after Prisoners because the money wasn't there to get it pre- uh, to get it released. A uh, movie with Jake Gyllenhaal called Enemy, which is based off of uh, a South American uh, novella, um, and it's really surreal. And then at the end of the movie, it ends in a very surreal way. Um, and I was reading it, and it's not supposed to be surreal. It's actually supposed to be taken literally, which mind fucked me even more. Um, so if you personally have a, have a chance to watch the movie enemy, watch it. It's very intriguing and worth one watch. You'll probably text me and be like, John, I don't know what the fuck I just watched. Um, but, um, it's certainly worth a viewing enemy. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, but yeah, uh, arrival was great. Um, I, I would like to say I loved it and I sure that throughout through time I will, um, I know my roommate loved it. Um, I just wasn't prepared really for how deep it ended up being. Um, really? And I'm I'm not going to spoil things for you because like you said, you really want to take a chance to see it. Um, for those that aren't aware of what Arrival is or you have forgotten, it's the movie where um, uh, with Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner and Force Whitaker where 12 alien crafts um, land – are uh, all over different locations on Earth, and it's up to one woman who is a ling- who is the best linguist in the entire world um, to try and find a way to communicate with them. And so the movie ends up being an allegory about communication, and not just in a language sense, um, but in a sense that like we all really need to take the time to listen to each other a little bit more. Hashtag why I deleted my Facebook app. This is um, some like straight up the wake shit bro from what you're telling me oh yeah don't don't spoil too much for the wake i'm not quite done yet but um go ahead but um but it's it's super deep um they end up playing with some uh with some conventions that uh that dr strange played with and that's all i'll say as far as that goes but they definitely Mm -hmm. throw a twist into the movie where you're like oh shit okay that was really creative um, but it just has a, a ton of heart. Um, it clearly wasn't a super expensive movie to make and that in and of itself lends to its heart because I feel like when you don't have a lot of money, you're really able to shape a story more cause you can focus more on the acting. Um, and, uh, visually, uh, the graphics are all, they're all fine. They're not the best, um, but they definitely serve their purpose and they don't distract you by being too bad or anything. Um, and uh, because Dennis, uh, Dennis, the director, because his movies up to this point have been so visually stunning, uh, even though they're usually subtle, um, this one didn't have anything visually that stood out to me from a cinematography standpoint, which is something I always look for in his movies, which is the only reason I brought it up. Um, but that that aside, um, great movie. And if you dug Interstellar, if you dug the depth that they went to emotionally in Interstellar and pulled at your heartstrings, then, uh, this is one for you to catch for sure. Okay. Um, sold. Yeah. So I'll, yeah, there you go. So I'll wrap arrival there. And then the next thing I watched, I started to watch last week. I was under the influence and, uh, <laughs> was kind of like feeling really at odds with it and then watched it sober and ended up liking it a lot more. Um, this one might throw you off a bit, but, uh, it's been out for a while, so I watched it on Blu-ray. Uh, Warcraft. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I feel like not that. a lot of people. Yeah, not a lot of people talked about it when it came out uh, in America. Not a whole lot of people fucking saw it. Um, 
China, though, it made so much money that they could afford to make a sequel. Um, but I don't know that they will make the sequel. Um, but Warcraft, for those of you who don't know, um, you've heard of World of Warcraft. It's based off of that universe. But in the 90s, they did they started a series just called Warcraft. There's Warcraft 1, 2, and 3, um, which I grew up playing with my uh, dad. Um, so it had a special place in my heart, so I really want to see it. Um, and I'll review it based on my second viewing. Um, it's still very cheesy. It's a cheesy movie. Um, a lot of the dialogue is cheesy. Some of the things that happen look like they're straight ripped out of like 80s movies. I don't mean that, that the visuals are bad. I mean that in the sense of like, uh, like interdimensional wizardry type shit. It's just cheesy <laughs> shit you see in 80s, 80s fantasy movies. Okay. Um, and they, they play with that stuff here. Um, the graphics after watching it a second time are pretty fucking cool. Um, I don't like how fake the Griffins look in the movie, but that's like one small qualm. Um, the costumes are great. Um, most of the actors dedicated themselves to their parts as best they could. Ben Foster is in it, and Ben Foster is good in like everything. Um, if you aren't familiar with who Ben Foster is, just IMDB him. You'll know who he is as soon as you see him. Yeah, he's um, great. And Dominic Cooper's in it too, right? Yeah, Dominic Fucking Cooper's pre- in it, and so himself. and so. It, yeah, so is Ruth Nega, who is Tulip. Um, oh, and yeah. I didn't know that. They play they play king and queen. They're married, so it was kind of ironic. Um, <laughs> cool, cool. But um, Dominic Cooper's kind of out of place in the movie, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I don't know what it is. He's just he next to all of these people looks so small, which he, he didn't appear that way in Preacher, but he just looks small in this movie. It's weird in the environment, um, and. Uh, Ruth Nega's great in the few scenes that she's in. Where the movie suffers is they have two integral characters um, that the actors they chose, sorry if I ever meet you, but they just weren't <laughs> good. They just were not good in the movie. There's this chick that plays a half-orc, half-human. Um, how she got that way, they don't explain. Um, my assumption is that the orcs raped a human prisoner and... Uh, and she was born of that. Um, she's just not that good. And she has a very important part. And then even more important role is this young uh, mage who the dude's just not a good actor. And they gave him such an important part. He He's like the – he plays like – I don't know. He, he abandoned the school he was at, the mage school that he was at. He abandoned it. Um, and – they have to get Ben Foster's character, who's a more powerful mage slash wizard, um, to help them uh, protect the realm from the orcs who have crossed over into their realm. And um, so he kind of works under Ben Foster. And especially in the scenes where he's up against Ben Foster acting-wise, it's just like, bro, you suck compared to Ben Foster. You're just not good. Um, and the writing didn't help him very much either. But aside from that, like, it's... It's a fun movie. It's cheesy. It's like Saturday night fantasy. You have like three beers while watching it. Um, okay. And, and just fucking have fun. The, the best actors in the movie were the orcs. Like the humans that are obviously not CGI. Like pale in comparison to the CGI characters. Like I don't know if that was intentional. If they were like if we're going to do CGI characters they need to be phenomenal. Um but the orcs were the orcs acting was all fucking fucking good. They're great. I would watch a movie just about the orcs. Um, 
and uh, and they set up a sequel. Like I said, it didn't make a whole lot of money in America, which is usually where an American studio will base whether or not it's going to do a sequel off of. Um, but it did great in China. So if Blizzard Entertainment and whoever else helped put the movie together, um, if they feel so inclined to make a sequel, and I kind of hope they do, um, then I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind watching it. It's yeah, probably so Duncan Jones. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna add to that that I'm looking on IMDb right now. I clicked on the uh, so like the budget section or whatever. So the budget yeah. for this movie, since there is so much CGI, it cost them 160 million dollars, which is quite a fucking bit for a title yeah. that you know right off the bat's not gonna attract to the largest demographic, right? So yeah. in the U.S., it grossed. Um, uh, just over like twenty four million. So I mean, you're like you're like a hundred and forty mil short, hundred thirty six mil short of your budget, yeah. right? However, worldwide, this movie made uh four hundred and thirty three million, which just goes yeah, to show what China brought in. Like in China, I don't know what are they? They use the yen, right? Uh, yeah, it made a billion yen. A yeah, see, billion dog, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, and, and so that that speaks for the the thing is, America is a lot more uh, trendy. So like, if a trend ends, then we'll back off of something. So right. World of Warcraft at its peak had like seventy million subscribers. That's seventy million different subscribers. That's insane numbers. Um, yeah, and if you th- if you say okay, all of those seventy million, at least those seventy million people will go see it, and some of them have passed away, obviously, uh, then you're going to make a fuck ton of money on this movie, especially if they pay $10 a ticket. That's $700 million. Um, right, right. So, so you have, then you got to understand, now it's on the decline, especially in America. Uh, World of Warcraft is going down. They're still releasing expansions, but it's got far less. It's like 40 million subscribers now or something. That's almost half your subscribers gone. Um so you but can still, see how in America, get, even if you get half of those subscribers, you're still at 200 million. You still made 40 million dollars off of this movie. Yeah, like, I mean, and, and that's about what they end up doing. Is it, you know, is that? Um, so yeah, we're trendy, but places like China, they don't, they don't get as big budget pictures as we do because America, we're like, oh, we could throw money at something. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, China's biggest movie is like that Matt Damon movie that's coming out where he's fighting monsters with um, the Oberyn wall. from, yeah, he's yeah. fighting monsters with Oberyn from Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> now but, I got a question but, for you about yeah. this movie. Um, yeah. So I had heard that it seemed as if, um, it seemed as if they had possibly like blown their load on um, like the first two acts in terms of like CGI work, and then like the final act. Is kind of like uh, a noticeable decline in terms of uh, special effects and whatnot. Was that evident to you, or what did you think about it? Was it like steady I throughout? I didn't notice a change in quality in CGI throughout the movie. Um, okay, maybe like the amount. Maybe was there? I, yeah, because I guess uh, now they, that I think, now that I remember back, that's what it was. That's what I had heard was there was significantly less the further the movie went on, almost as if yeah, they yeah, had yeah, like you know, try to pull people in earlier on in the movie. Yeah, no, no, certainly that I can agree with. They certainly did. Um, okay. Throughout the first two thirds of the movie, that was where like the battles tended to take place. Um, 
and some of the crazier shit like magic wise happened um there's some sweet ambush scenes that happen with the orcs um oh and dude that's another thing the battle scenes in this fucking brutal um yeah. almost worth seeing it and just if you don't want to watch and pay attention to the story because that's the other thing they force you to pay attention to the story like a lot of popcorn fantasy movies like this you can like look away for a few minutes you literally have to sit in the living room on your couch and watch this fucking movie to know what's going on or you're gonna have to rewind shit um (laughs) because they made they made it for people that clearly fucking played the game 20 years ago when it came out and this movie is based on the first game um uh so pay attention if you watch it and for some people that's attractive because it means you're watching a kind of smarter fantasy movie even though the dialogue in and of itself is not that good um but, uh, yeah, they, they squeezed all the battles and cool shit into the, like, first two-thirds of the movie. In the end, it kind of, like, died out. And it was like, all right, here's some smaller resolution type stuff. Um, so I could, I could agree with that. That's a fair assessment. But um, it's something that I'd probably buy. Because, like I said, like, or I may have expressed this in the past. Maybe not. Um, but, like, I'm, I'm a fan of kind of, like, nostalgic movies. And this definitely brought me back to playing the game with my dad when I was a kid. Um, and, uh, I like cheesy fantasy movies. One of my favorite movies, probably top 10 is, uh, the Tom Cruise, Ridley Scott movie, uh, legend from like 1984 or okay. something like that. Um, Solid. and that's certainly, a, yeah, that's certainly a cheesy ass fantasy movie. Um, it, and it's so basic. It's like, here's a bad guy who looks like the devil. And here's a good guy who is this small, dainty little white guy. Um, <laughs> and He's got to rescue his small, dainty little white girl who looks like Zelda. Um, and uh, that's the movie. It's fucking simple. Um, and that's one of my favorite movies. So this movie was kind of made for people with that type of mindset. Um, so, yeah, I mean, watch it. I think you'll have fun. I, I don't think you'll think it's the greatest movie of all time, but I think you'll have fun. Uh, cool. But uh, to go from to go from think – oh, did you have a question? No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, to go from – uh, things that are certainly full of magic wonder um, and, and other fantastic things like that. Um, go ahead and tell us what you got a chance to see. I got to tell you, dog, sometimes your segues, I'm just like, where is this dude going, dog? <laughs> hey. Segway. Hey. Right. So I had the opportunity to see an advanced screening of – Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So, Oh, he found them. He found them. I found them. They're in fucking New York. Uh, Boom. <laughs> spoiler. Um, no, but in all in all seriousness, I'm, I'm not going to spoil this um, movie at all, or at least I try not to. There's been some sauce involved this episode. Um, so... Um, but I know, I know you are really wanting to see this. Um, and I know that, you know, a lot of people that may listen to this podcast really want to see this movie just because Harry Potter holds such a close place in their heart, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go on the record right now. Should I slip the fuck up? Don't shoot me in the foot. If you don't want to know anything about this fucking movie, don't listen past this point. All right. It's well, and I have a very. I have a very spoily question I'm going to ask you at some point. Okay. So I will right. say when I'm about to ask it to fucking skip ahead a few minutes. All right. So fair enough. So fantastic beast. So I actually, it actually fell into my lap that I got these advanced tickets courtesy of hall of heroes. So again, yeah. shout outs to those dudes. Shout outs to Neil. They happened to be giving them away there at the con. I was like, 
fuck yeah, I want to go to see Fantastic Beasts early. Let me get that. So um, I saw it last night. Here's my initial thoughts. Um, and then I'll and then I'll kind of get into um, the plot and whatnot and some of the characters. Um, overall, I like this movie. It was fun. Um, it it was it was everything I wanted out of the movie in terms of throwing me right back into the Harry Potter verse. Like it it didn't take but you know, 10 minutes into the movie. Pro- uh, no, I mean, probably re- like five minutes, really, after the opening scene that I'm like, oh, shit, this is fucking Harry Potter, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just yeah. immediately tossed me right into it, and that's what I wanted. Um, now, do they open it? It's since you're talking more broadly about mm, it at the moment. Dude, I know the question you're about to ask. Go ahead, bring it on. No, I don't, I don't know if you – do they open it with – you know how the beginning of every – a lot of movies do this um, – do they open it with like that's that type of scene where you're not sure what it means until the movie is like halfway through? You know what I mean? Uh, okay. All right. It's not the question that you're going to, um, no, not necessarily. They open it with the scene where there's been a conflict and you know that there is a dark force doing bad. Um, it's, it was, it was similar to, um, to Dr. Strange in the sense that here's your opening scene. Um, there's something bad going on. There's a bad guy that obviously did this and you have your conflict. Now it wasn't as direct as, uh, as Dr. Strange where it directly showed you, here's your dude that did this. Um, but not to spoil anything, but. And I'll get into maybe I'll get into this a little later, but uh, this is probably something for when we do a full fledged review, which I assume we'll talk about this movie more in detail probably next week after you see it. Um, but for me personally, okay, I'm not, I'm really trying not to ruin this for anybody, but for me personally, I kind of saw the outcome, or they spoiled something for me immediately in that opening scene, which was a little disappointing for me. I thought there was other ways um, of shooting that scene that you didn't have to like kind of uh, plant the idea that the 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 big uh, like surprise, the big plot twist was what it was. I thought there was another way that you could have done that. Um, uh-huh. So to, uh, this is, you know, me trying to beat around the bush. That all, all this to say that for me, I might, was, I might end up I pushing you into the bush, but I see what you're doing. I, I, I kind of, I kind of saw it coming a little bit. Let's just put it that way. So that was a little disappointing. I didn't want to start this review off with what I was disappointed in, but so be it. Um, no, but fine. with that being, with that being said, like I, I really fucking enjoy this movie. Like right from the get go, um, to stay on the opening scene, as the credits start to roll in, you hear the fucking music, which which you touched on last week. That as long as they play that fucking that score, uh, I'm not gonna try and sing it because, like I said, there's been sauce involved this episode. Um, but as long as they play that score, people are gonna come see it, dude. Uh-huh. Opening credits, bro. The fucking the little chime, you know. I I don't know how to describe that, but you know what the fuck I'm talking about. The Harry yeah, Potter yeah, yeah. score, dude, right from the opening scene. So that I I was like, hell yeah, here we go. Now we're now we're into this thing. Um, but for those of you that um are kind of unfamiliar, you just know that it's kind of a Harry Potter movie. Um, to give you a quick synopsis, so it's 
the the year is 1926, so obviously long before Harry Potter. Um, and the story follows um, a wizard by the name of Newt Scamander, which I had read the book as well, but when I heard the name out loud, for whatever reason, it just kind of like was kind of humorous to me. Uh, it's it's kind of a cool name, Newt Scamander. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it, so uh, it follows Newt Scamander, who um, he arrives in New York City um, for a, a number of reasons, but... Uh, Basically, he's he's an expert in the field of Fantastic Beasts. Um, and so at this point in time, 1926, um, everybody is very, um, like, anti-Fantastic Beasts. So odd creatures, basically. Um, they don't trust them. They don't know what they're capable of. Um, they just see them as ugly creatures, and they're going to do harm. And so, um, but he's not of that nature at all. Um, he carries a case where he keeps all of these beasts in. Of course, it's a magical case that he can like climb down into and take care of them and whatnot. Um, and so he, he, they're his pets, man. I mean, and, and that's the thing that really hit me throughout this movie is that like, uh, there's, there's just like the first time that you see him truly caring for these pets and like feeding them and like talking to them like they're a child. Yeah. I mean, it, despite Kona eating my fucking place cards, like it, it hit me like, damn, that's my homie, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you really got that sense of how much he truly cares for these, these, um, these pets of his. And so that was, yeah. that was really cool. But basically, um, he's, he's at, he's in New York. He, uh, comes over via boat uh, because he has one particular um, animal that he's trying to get to Arizona, essentially, um, okay. to kind of uh, you know break this break this down as as general as possible. So, um, in the in the process, as he comes to New York, um, obviously, as you know, this trailers and the basic premise of the movie shows you. Um, for anybody that's seen any of the trailers, some his, some of his beasts escape, okay? And so there's yeah. a mix-up with um, what they call in America, which I found um, interesting. And this is in the book as well, but for those of you that hadn't read the book, it's going to come as kind of um, weird at first. Uh, but they, they call essentially a muggle, so somebody that's not um, capable in the field of magics, no madge. Um, so no magic, essentially. Um, yeah, that's what that's the term for them in America. And so he runs into him, no magic. Um, and I forget his name, uh, Jacob. So his name is Jacob. Uh, he runs into a no magic. Um, they end up swapping cases. Um, and of course, Jacob, you know, op- his case opens up. All these beasts escape. Thus, you have your premise for the movie. Now he has to newt scamander uh, with the help of jacob once he tracks down jacob has to track down all of his beasts put him back in the case all right so yeah. that's that's your basic premise um of course there's some bigger storylines that i'm really i really kind of want to stay away from just for spoiler purposes but there are some bigger storylines that um definitely set up future movies to come and the with that and with with that in mind okay um with these bigger pre- these bigger storylines that started to play out, the thing that struck me the hardest, and it wasn't until after I saw the movie that I actually saw one of the trailers today, and it I started to finally get the vibe. But dude, and this is gonna sound weird out of context, all right? So just but stick with me here. Um, 
the movie had this sense of serious suspense and it was far darker than i expected like i don't want to i don't want to say horror by any means but there were some scenes where i was like oh shit man like this is they they definitely took what they learned from deathly hollows and that sense of um you know not you know the risk of no safety of anything can happen in this world of magic. There's dark beings out there. Um, and they definitely use that in this movie, but that wasn't the overall, um, the biggest storyline I would say. So, but there was, there was bits and pieces of it. So I don't know if that really makes sense. Um, but it will, when you see the movie, like there was just some really, there were some scenes that really just gave me an aw- uh, uh, an uneasy vibe. I think that's the best way to describe it. Uh-huh. Um, so I really, but I really like that. I really like that about the series because the series, if there's one thing that J.K. Rowling knows probably better than anybody that's ever written, um, and, and then transposed their something to screen, is that her material grew with the audience. And so, for in order that yep. to happen, she knows that her demographic is going to be an older, more mature demographic. And so yep. she purposely, I feel, I felt. As I'm watching this movie, I thought to myself, she purposely worked these darker scenes into it uh, to appeal to that demographic. I think it's genius. I think it's genius. Okay, yeah. Um, uh. What, one thing, just to touch uh, real quick on some of the characters, um, <laughs> the biggest thing that immediately stood out to me, and it kind of wore down a little bit towards the end of the movie, but uh, in first seeing him, so Eddie Redman, I think that's how you say it, Redman. Redman. Redmayne. So he plays Newt Scamander. For those of you who don't know Eddie Redmayne, Redmayne is, um, he's been in quite a few things. Um, but the one thing that I know him best from is, uh, just because I like the movie so much, is the theory of everything. Yeah. Um, and one so he plays, actor. yeah, he plays Stephen Hawking and he puts on a phenomenal performance. Um, and there's this, he has this weird gesture in the movie in, in fantastic beast that is where he doesn't look at people when he's talking to them he kind of like looks down and he's very socially awkward like extremely introverted and you get that vibe and that sense because he cares so much about his you know beast um and so he doesn't know how to interact with humans um which i thought was was really cool that they gave him that character trait um but like at first when he started doing that i was like and this is terrible of me to say but i was like man this dude's just playing stephen hawking again (laughs) he can't can't lift his head he's just looking down i cannot lift my head (laughs) i know it sounds bad but that's what i kind of saw but he puts on a great performance um so that kind of that kind of wore down for me how was um i i'm very interested to know uh dan fogler he played jacob kowalski in the movie was he hilarious Dan, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he plays Jacob, the the nomad that follows him around the the movie, and he is easily the biggest um, comedic relief the entire uh, movie. And he's dude, he's fucking phenomenal, dude. I I loved his character. Um, I I was really kind of unfamiliar with him to be honest. I haven't seen him what? in a whole. You've okay. You had you've seen fanboys, right? Yes, I've seen fanboys. He's I like mean, one of the main dudes. That's about the only that. thing that I've seen him in, though. Like Balls of Fury, he's the lead. I don't, I don't know that I ever saw that. It's a it's a fucking cheesy ass, uh, goofy table right. tennis movie. Um, and then he's in. And if you haven't seen this, you really should. It's one of my. It, it's a guilty pleasure. It's not bad. It's just you know one of those things. Um, it's got Chris Pratt in it as well. Um, 
Take Me Home Tonight. Never it's, seen uh, it. Oh, dude, that that movie. It's got fucking Topher Grace as the lead. It's it's a hilarious movie. It takes place in the '80s, but he Dan Fogler plays his best buddy in it. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he's found his character type, um, and uh, he's oh, dude, that dude's funny, which is why I wanted to ask like if he's fucking hilarious or not. Oh, dude, he's fucking he's fucking great. Like I, I'd say, uh, out of all the characters, he was like the highlight for me um personally and i think i think he's gonna resonate with a lot of people just because he was so funny dude like and he was just so he came across so genuine dude and uh because in a world that's set in magic and he doesn't know what the fuck is going on and he just got thrown into it like he doesn't know how to like how to uh, you know process all of this and so the whole movie is just like um okay, I guess I'm going along with this, you know, and it just creates for some, some really funny moments. Um, the one character that, um, I, so I knew this actor was in the movie. I didn't realize how large of a part he was going to play. Um, Ezra Miller. So you had mentioned to me that you didn't realize Ezra Miller was even in the movie. Um, and so for me, I knew he was in the movie, but again, a lot of the, a lot of the, um, you know, trailers and whatnot didn't really portray him as being like this main character, but his his character has a fucking huge role. Um, does and he run he really this, fast? Uh, I can't say that he does. I mean, he does some other shit, um, <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna leave it at that without spoiling anything. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's great in the movie, dude. And he so what he does is. I want to get back to the setting just a little bit. So keep in mind, it's 1926, and I really like this. And this goes back – this actually ties into some of the dark um, vibes that I got to it. But um, he plays – he plays a character that's part of – his name is Credence, and he's part of this new – I don't want to say revolution. I don't know the word for it. This new movement, okay, that's called um, Second Salem. Which is mm-hmm. basically, they are... Um, That's tight. D- d- yeah, dude, fucking right. And they they hate witchcraft. They don't want witches oh, and, and warlocks at all. And so they want a second That's Salem. They want to kill... They want to kill all of the witches, and and they don't want them a part of their society at all. Holy and so like, shit. Yeah, dude. I was as soon as I heard that, I was like. Whoa, this is fucking mature, dude. This is super mature, right? They're the fucking so, they're the fucking wizardry KKK. Yeah, yes, yes. And you get, uh, I wasn't going to go there, but there are scenes that are fucking like the whole time I was like I felt uncomfortable in my seat because I'm like this is straight up KKK like references, Holy dude. Shit. So you'll that's- you'll see some of that. So that's some of the dark just to get that just to give you an idea, that's some of the dark shit that I was talking about. Damn. Um but uh yeah so like his character is great man and um it's just the second salem and their whole like anything that had to do with the second salem in the movie really piqued my interest cuz i feel like there's going to be a little bit more the way the movie leaves off yeah um but him in particular he just plays a much larger role than i was expecting uh-huh. and um and so I, I, I really like that aspect of the story. I don't want to go too much into it, but, um, you know, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Cool. Um, and then uh, Colin Farrell, he – I'm not going to lie. I kind of saw Colin Farrell. Um, but, uh, you know, he's he's a great actor nonetheless. Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't too upset about it. Um, so 
other than that, um, there, there, I got like I actually took notes the entire movie, um, but I know I don't want to get into I don't want to get into too much of it. One one other character, yeah. real quick. One other character that stuck out to me was um, they go to like this bar and they uh, go to see essentially this portrayal of like a mo- a mob boss, but he's like a um, he's like an he's like a el- He's like a elf race of some kind, I guess. And um, the whole time I'm watching it, and he did such a good job with his voice acting that I didn't pick it up. And the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, "Damn, dog, this elf looked just like Ron Perlman." And sure as shit, oh, yeah, 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 it was Ron Perlman because, dude, yeah. I mean, the guy just has like a, such a distinctive face. It's like, yo, you need to do with a square ass jaw and a big ass head. Get Ron Perlman, and yeah. I felt like that's what they did. Um, he was like, yo, they won't let me play a superhero demon. I'll just play an elf. <laughs> I mean, it just like it, it looked exactly like him. So uh, but it, so he's got a small role and that was pretty cool. I'm a big fan. That's of. Tight. I know you are, um, too. You're a big fan of Sun. So, oh, yeah. Fucking Hellboy. I might put that shit in tonight and watch it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, all right. So if you don't want to hear the questions and the answer to the question that I'm about to ask. Um, though you could probably easily find it out somewhere else. Go ahead and skip ahead when you hear me ask the question. Um, maybe about two minutes. Uh, We don't have much time left in the podcast anyway, but, um, was Johnny Depp Grindelwald and was Grindelwald, uh, was he clearly a dark wizard in this movie? Skip ahead now. You have five seconds to skip ahead. Five, four, three, two, one. Go ahead, Danny. Yes. Uh, not only was he Grindelwald, not only was his portrayal of Grindelwald um, clear as day that he was a, a, a dark wizard, um, I kind of buried the lead in the direction that you probably know where I'm going, but do you want to know if he's in the movie? Uh, well, I mean, by you posing that question, the answer is clear. So, so, <laughs> Sorry, Doc. So you, you basically have answered the question. It's the actor that plays him, and I won't say his name out loud because my, my roommates are still here, uh, is the actor that plays him somebody that we will recognize. The actor that plays who? Wait, are you wait? Are you talking about Grindelwald? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were still. Yeah, you just answered that question. Why do? You, yeah, I yeah. know he's in the movie because I just asked. I thought you were talking. No, no, about yeah, his. he plays Grindelwald, but you don't know necessarily that Grindelwald's in the movie, uh, because the way the. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm not trying to spoil anything too much. Yeah, don't for spoil you, story but. points. All I wanted to know is if he's in it and if he's clearly a bad guy. Yes, Grindelwald is in the movie. Grindelwald is clearly a bad guy. I'll leave it at okay. that. Okay. So so then since I already started going this way, is Dumbledore in the movie? Um uh, there's mention of Dumbledore. Now if uh, okay. there was one particular scene, however, um where uh one of the main characters goes before a council, um uh, the council of wizards and I, I wanted to get home and actually look up if one of the people I saw in the background was Dumbledore. Um but I don't have a for sure yes or no. Uh, there is mention of Dumbledore, though. His name does come up at, like, one point in the movie. It's very did brief, it not, but it was enough did, to, like, it was enough to get me excited in the pants. I was like, oh, 
oh, all right. I see where you're going with this. Cool. So, um, cool. But yeah, that's uh, he's that's not what like I directly. To know. He's not a uh, main character by any means. Okay. Okay. Cool. But so. uh, yeah, that was my that was my question. I just wanted that answer. I didn't. I, yeah. No story points. Just to know. Yeah. So yeah. There you have it. Cool. Um, cool, man. I'll I'll kind of leave it at that. I de- I want to talk. I want to talk more on this movie for sure. Yeah. So after you after, see it, we'll after I see it, it, yeah, I'll probably wake up Sunday, um, a little hungover, and then um, <laughs> see if uh, a lady friend of mine there in Jax wants to go catch it, and if not, I'll see if a male friend that is not a partner. Um, okay. I was about if, to say, damn dog. <laughs> I, I mean, you'd be the first to know, dog. Um, <laughs> if. Uh, if they want to see it. So I'll I mean, see it this Sunday to, one you, way or the other. Yeah, or if you're trying to go Friday. Because I know you said you're probably coming in town Friday if you want to go oh, see it then. Uh, I'm down to maybe, see it Maybe. I know, I know we have uh, – this is this is now TMI for everybody, but I know we have haircuts lined up for Friday, so I don't want to um, yeah. get, All right, get we'll too figure far. It out. We'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if you want to go uh, see it, I'm, I'm – that here's here's my – I'm not going to give it a number quite yet. I will wait till the review, but here is my um, – my thoughts on it right now, what how I would okay. score it, I okay. am definitely uh, open to go and see it with you again on Friday. That's how much I liked it. So cool, cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this has been another episode of the pool. So thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah, do, do we have any it. shout outs this week? Um, no, I just I just want to thank um, Neil again from. Uh, from superhero beach superhero hive for putting on hall of heroes i had a great time it was a great con i hope to have more in the in the future um and as i mentioned earlier you know check out the short pox podcast they're really awesome dudes they got some interesting interviews not only zach kaplan but they actually had um peter david on there huge name in comics if you're a comic yeah. head, so check that out they're cool dudes um and um other than that of course as always just find us on uh facebook instagram twitter um you know, I'm really curious to see what, what people thought about um, not only Fantastic Beast, uh, but the arrival if you've seen it. So let us know. Give us give us uh, drop us a line, shoot us an email, whatever. Um, and um, I'm curious to see what everybody yeah. has to say. Um, and real quick, um, Danny didn't know I was going to do this. Um, I just oh, I gotta shit. congratulate my buddy on air. He getting married this weekend, um, <laughs> and. All the boys, all the boys are real proud. I know, I know that the family, the respective families, are excited. So, uh, if you know Danny, uh, whatever terms you may or may not be on with Danny, that's unimportant. Uh, just throw the dude to text congratulations this weekend. He gets married on Saturday. Uh, if you catch him at the right time, he might be lost in the sauce, and he might, <laughs> he might uh, give you an awesome response. So, uh, probably, probably sometime around evening time Saturday, if you want the best possible response. Um, oh god <laughs> but with, with the most with the most typos but uh yeah congratulations buddy um and uh otherwise uh i just gotta say peace peace this has been a pool network production for your latest dose of movies television and whatever the fuck tune in each wednesday and since we know you just can't get enough don't forget to find us on facebook instagram and twitter for information on new shows and events